Solar or Netlify or CloudFront, anything like that. Just rewriting kind of what we what we've already put in place. Yeah, totally. So like those those companies have way better SIGs than anything we could probably write just because of the scale of their customer base. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, like again, this is me being like, hey, holy shit, I have access at the edge of Cloudflare <laughs> with JavaScript. That's wild. And it's not something that even runs in like a user's browser. It's like legit like new age gangster ass JavaScript at the edge that I could fuck with. Uh, so that that's really what I was was going for it's, it's definitely not meant to like compete with any like existing WAF product at all but uh really like as a researcher um it you know i can write my own custom things like if someone's fucking with my personal site i could write something uh at with cloudflare and have that send you know information off to somewhere else um, yeah that's what i was saying i think it just have more of like a more of a base and more of a use case if it were across different cdns that's all oh i see yeah totally that that, that could be interesting um, I know like Amazon gives you the ability as well to like write WAF rules, um, but that's in like some like different like, weird YAML thing. But yeah, totally having something to, you know, to be able to write a specific rule or, or implement a signature across multiple vendors, I could see being very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, it's my experiment doesn't do that. Neat nonetheless, man. Thanks, dude. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much to everybody for sharing and taking over the whole show for literally like an hour. <laughs> you guys saved saved me here. I'll tell you real quick what happened. Um, so basically, I had something I was doing. Uh, I'm on call at work right now, and I had something I was trying to fix earlier. Um, There's something to do with like a pretty important um, node that, that processes a bunch of stuff. Uh, had a bunch of logs. So basically, like, the log saying that it was failing about something kept failing, and it was failing back and forth between two different things. And the logs grew so big that, uh, like, it was literally like critical. Like, nothing was like working. And I was just at 9:30 when this started. I had to jump onto a, a call and, and fix it. And it literally, like, I had to switch over to another computer to stream, which I somehow I had some semblance of our stream stuff already on there but we had to go into like that really weird fail safe mode for a little bit about it uh so sorry about that and sorry i kind of want to come on missing every single aspect of this and still kind of shaken but i'm here hey i, I think that qualifies as the project you're working on so it fits right in <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean it's um definitely i don't know it's not it wasn't even like a, a product per se it was something i've never seen before it's a giant something i still don't really know what what it does um i kind of had to like talk to people and, and they ended up helping me more than i could have done it but god damn that was real stressful <laughs> it's good stuff yeah oh we had yeah we had 37 million error messages Ooh. <laughs> it was sick anyway <laughs> hey mg uh you had some stuff uh going on too didn't you Oh, uh, lightly. Uh, is there anybody else who uh, wants to go through? I I'm happy to run through mine. It's pretty short. I'll keep it. I'll keep it short though. Um, yeah. So I've been working on some random hardware that I've talked about before, but the the question kind of comes down to what interesting payloads can be used. Um, and the scenario here is effectively uh, man in the middle. You get a man in the middle scenario. Um, what, what kind of cool shit you can do. And I've been looking at 
certain things like Poison Tap by Sammy Kamkar. Um, there's a, a new similar approach to that done by um, a guy named Brandon, I believe. Uh, used DNS rebounding also like, like Sammy. And this was not man in the middle per se. Um, I don't exactly remember how he's deploying it, but effectively he was able to use DNS rebinding to go and hit a bunch of um, smart devices that were on a person's local network uh, by having them uh, click on a malicious link effectively. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what DNS rebinding is, uh, very quick there is that um, a lot of something called same origin policy. It prevents a website from kind of uh, sending receiving data uh, via the end user to a different site. You know, it protects uh, privacy and lots of other things. So the only thing, uh, not the only thing, uh, one way you can circumvent that is by changing the DNS resolution rapidly from one IP address to the other. And suddenly you can actually start pointing things at a different location. Um, and that's, that's kind of how he was able to do this. Uh, Sammy was uh, using a WebSocket, a persistent WebSocket, uh, as part of, part of his payload, uh, set it to unlimited caching, which is really cool, and set a um, iframe of zero size so that this WebSocket would always stay open uh, in, in the background of this page, which is pretty cool, because it's you know, a persistent uh, connection back to your uh your server uh no matter what network they go to i thought it'd be fun to kind of combine the two and um i i, I don't know how possible this is but again i'm very early exploration here but it would be really cool to do a light level end map to some level of network recon of the local network a user is in via dns rebonding and use a persistent web socket so that when they hop around two different networks, whether that's their home network, their office network, or you know, whatever, you, you can do some level of remote recon about that environment and you know potentially amplify it from there. But uh, it's kind of where I'm at now. But if there's anybody who's interested in that, let me know because uh, I am horrible at implementing such a thing. That sounds really, really cool. So is that what your little uh, message from the customs or whatever it was the other day oh no dude, so dude that my my customs uh letter uh telling me uh, you know i could be prosecuted for whatever it was literally three seeds that i purchased from amazon for uh predatory plant uh carnivorous plant and uh -huh. uh, apparently that came from out of the country from fucking israel and uh, yeah, so I got a fun, fun love, love letter. Of all the things I've ordered online, I did not expect that one to be <laughs> a love letter. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, we still got Morb and uh, Redacted and Bond. Yes. Yeah. Wait, did yeah. Mr. Elbows talk yet? Who? No, I've just been listening to everyone who's evidently way smarter than me. Yeah, man, jump in. No way. No, 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 no. Mr. Elbows, we came on to talk a little bit about game stuff. I don't know if we want to uh, talk about that now or later. It is matter. Uh, well, we're still on the topic of yeah. uh, stuff. Is it okay if I just talk about oh, the project? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I, sorry, I, I really apologize. I was going to keep the show flowing pretty okay, but now I'm like, I, I didn't hear half the stuff that happened. So, yeah, yeah it's kind uh, of. Like, it's it's no worries. Uh, but I'll just 
that quick introduction, my name is Manny. I'm from Project and Security. Uh, I really just came on here to just talk to you guys a little bit about these two upcoming projects we have. Um, so they're titled Human Pawn and Web Pawn. Um, I feel like you guys sort of have an indicator of what each one of what each one's based on. Uh, I can't really delve into too many details regarding the technical side, but I can give you guys an overview of what we're going to accomplish. And if you feel like it's not possible or you feel like it can't be done, we're pretty close to finishing it. So um, I'm just going to talk a little bit on uh, Human Pwn first. Um, so essentially, Human Pwn is a, is a sophisticated web-based social engineering um, sorry, it's why I'm not good at uh, talking here. Um, it's okay. So Human Pwn is going to be a tool that's going to allow security professionals to uh, leverage social engineering attacks, uh, as well as uh, perform reconnaissance through a variety of means. Uh, the one we're uh, utilizing the most through this recon and gathering intel through open source intelligence. And uh, in terms of the um, the, the phishing, uh, in terms of the advanced phishing attacks that we're going to be doing, uh, we actually are developing a payload generator, very similar to the social engineering toolkit, but jam-packed with a lot more features. And the cool thing is it actually separates this from a lot of the other things out there is that it's entirely web-based and we're gonna release it under our domain and it's gonna be completely free for anyone to just access it. Um, uh, to our knowledge, nothing, uh, the capabilities that this has, Nothing can really match it. Um, I can talk a little bit more about like some of the modules we'll have. Um, so we're also we're going to include stuff like an exploit payload generator, an ID, IDN uh, homoglyph generator, and just various other things like that to sort of help you leverage these attacks. But the really cool one we're working on is WebPwn, and what WebPwn is, it's going to pretty much emulate the entire exploitation process. So it's going to handle everything from recon to exploitation. And that includes uh, web application firewall and IDS evasion. And then it's going to try to pivot into the network and see if it can get access to any more boxes internally. Um, it's also going to include a static code analysis tool to, for white box code audits, as well as it's going to have Metasploit integrated within it and uh, API access for Shodan and Census. Um, I'm, I feel I was a little unclear on a lot of the things I said. So if you guys have any questions, you guys are more than welcome to ask me about it. But that was sort of an overview of what we're working on. Uh, yeah. Wow, that sounds massive. That's cool. Yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm not too good at uh, presenting. So sorry for like stumbling a little bit and stuff. Hey, uh, don't worry about it. We're all yeah. do that kind of thing. Do you have any uh, links to share um, related to this? Any GitHub? Uh, I can I can share some screenshots for now. Um, I don't know how you would be able to share them in the Voices Voice channel. I can put them on the uh, um, I can put them on the uh, video. Uh, share them in the share them in the Voice channel. You said Voiceless Voice channel. Okay. Yep. Actually, hold on. Sorry, guys. I gotta change the voice. So uh, I'll include some uh, snippets of. Um, web uh, web pwn as well as um, human pwn uh, for web pwn i'm going to before i will send you the pictures i'm going to have to redact some stuff as we're trying to keep a lot of the stuff we're going to release um, low key per se i don't know so uh, once done like 
scribbling out the images. Shouldn't take too long. Um, I'll send you over the. Uh, yeah, no worries. Whatever you can. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, if someone else talk if they'd like, well, I just go do that. Or they can just ask me any questions they have regarding that. Either is fine. Hey, uh, what's going on, guys? Sorry about the lag. I totally forgot about the podcast. We missed it all. Better late than never, yo. Oh, by the way, Guy P and Anon, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anon, LOLI is with me, so they're cool. And Guy P, turn on push to talk. Uh, one second. Your old hacker friends. What's up, Zodiac? You guys still take Zodiac seriously, dude. Dude, he, got gigabit, he got gigabit internet today. Fuck him. No, no, dude, it doesn't work right now. So I'm on my neighbor's Wi-Fi. I just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I just Like I did a bunch of drugs with the the Time Warner rep. It was so good. Like he like came in. He, he's like, "What are you baking a cake?" Because he saw my table covered in blow. And next thing you know, we're like lining up lines and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. This Customers is why I awesome. love this group. Who said it's You gotta give me a G, too. So you got me business. Nice. <laughs> all the ISP slaves, huh? There was yeah. no fucks given in any of that. Oh, not at all. Not one bit. I was even offering him to get him food. I was like, you want some food? I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah. Does anybody else um, have any products to share? Uh, I, I have brute forcers I wrote like for cracking gift cards, but I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> yeah, man, we can't <laughs> talk about that. Zodiac, come on now. I thought we were all characters. Doesn't the intro say that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's uh, upset. You know. Never mind. Uh, Forget about I was talking about like Hallmark gift cards, you know, like free, like you know, I love my dad, parents cards, you know. Uh, hey, tomorrow's my birthday, man. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Don't worry about that. Wow. Sending my card. I'm sorry for your loss on his birthday. <laughs> I'm in my birthday suit right now. <laughs> oh man. Oh, excellent. Okay, so how about we <laughs> we don't have any um, <laughs> more products, I guess, to, to share off the top of our heads here. Um, we can talk to Mr. Elbows about um, like testing stuff for games, which is the we, we're trying to. So I, I wanted to bring this like for earlier on in the show, but it kind of got all messed up, so I wasn't sure exactly how to fit it in. But um, do you want to talk about uh, what you do, Mr. Elbows? Uh, I mean, is it sort of like my day to day, or? Or sure, I mean, just introduce yourself, I guess. Say, yeah. yeah how did so, you get here? What, how did you get involved in like working for a game, like doing the game dev and stuff? So, um, yeah, when I, when I was a, I guess in high school, uh, I mean, I guess my whole life, I, I always wanted to work for games and stuff. And, and in high school, I took a couple art tech courses, and I got it in my head that, I, you know, I was gonna be, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make paintings and and models for video games and animate and have you know all, all this other stuff and so i saw uh you know there's a, a local school that had a game design program which um 
is a scam. And I think, I think like seven, <laughs> seven times out of 10, it's a, it's a scam. Uh, there, there's some reputable ones. Like if you look at full sale, um, they'll say like, you're going to teach you how to make video games. And then your whole class load is like audio or your whole class load is, you know, coding or something. Right. So, but in general, it's, it's one of those things that like, if you want to make art for games, go to an art school. If you want to code for games, go to, you know, do CS or whatever. Um, and even then don't, cause there's no money in it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I went to school and I got a very broad, basically the reason they're scams is they, they, they kind of tout themselves as like, you know, you get out of school and you're going to, you're going to be able to make a game. And I think in my senior year, I could have made a game. The art would have been shit. There would have been a ton of bugs. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been like a very imaginative game, but I could go from beginning to end of the whole process because it gives you a very broad understanding of the whole pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is nice, you know, it makes a good QA tester and it makes a good producer. Um, but, you know, so I was kind of like, you know, well, shit, what, where can I go from here? And at the time, uh, a, a good friend of mine, actually a couple of good friend of mine's, uh, had gotten work at, uh, the ZeniMax head office doing, um, one was in sales, the other one was doing like QA testing. And so I kind of, you know, gussied up, kissed some ass, and he got a, a QA contracting job for Skyrim, like the original launch of that. And uh, for three months, I was just like, you know, a play tester. And they were just like, all right, dude, you, you're, you're going to be a vampire for the week. Or like, you're gonna, you, you know, and, the, and uh, you do these like speed runs where they'd be like, all right, this week for this build, you're going to do the entire Thieves Guild run. And they give you three days to beat the whole quest and then generated save bank file uh, for the use of like, you know, if you need a, if like you find a new bug in Thieves Guild, it's like, okay, we can go back to these saves on this build to save some time. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I was just, I was just basically their bitch for for three months. And then when I I left there... What's that? So I just want to say thank you because my original Morrowind save, I got stuck on the ghost gate forever. Could never get out. That was the end of my game. I was fucked. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. It's <laughs> a, I actually enjoyed Morrowind the most out of the whole series just because there was no hand holding in that game. Um, you could levitate you, too. That was a good element yeah, to it. If, if you wanted to shoot a fireball that did the an unsigned inch worth of damage, do it, man. Like, <laughs> I just killed all the guards and took their Yeah. Uh but yeah, so when I when I finished that contract, uh I I, I had Skyrim on my resume, so I could basically walk into whatever job I, I wanted. So um where I got to today, my current company, I, I you know, I went in there and they were like, So what do you want to do? And I basically gave them the whole spiel, you know, oh I, yeah, I love art. I'm an artist. Let's just do all the art stuff. And they're like, great, you can work on this guy's team. I was like, dope, what's he do? And they're like, server infrastructure and, you know, business intelligence and animation tech and client graphics. And like, basically, uh, what I had come to learn is this guy was more or less a cum dumpster for tech teams. If there was a team spun <laughs> up that they didn't understand, they were like, well, we'll just give it to him. Uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, it, it got to a point where between the two of us, we had eight different tech teams that we had to manage. Uh, 
and it's it's it was sort of this like Wizard of Oz syndrome. They like don't people didn't know what he did, and by extension, what I did. So when he left to become an engineer because he was smart, um, they're like, well, I guess you're the only one here that knows how to do this. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. So I they bumped me up to lead, and that's kind of where I've been for the past. Uh, gosh, I guess five years or so. Um, and, and to this day, people are just kind of like, you know, uh, you know, my normal day to day is we get, you know, engineers when they check in, you know, change lists and stuff. Uh, it generates notes that we have tools that aggregates all of that. And then we send those notes out to the respective leads and they get tested. And, uh, to this day, if, if if a word shows up on those notes that they don't understand, they're just like, oh, let's give it to, uh, let's, we'll just give it to Mr. Elbows and he'll figure it out. And I think it's because I'm the only one who's not scared enough to, like, ask the engineers. Um, so. uh, hey, you, by the way, I sent that screen in voiceless voice. Uh, yep. All right. Um, so if you can just drop that up there, I can just talk a little bit about what's going on in that screen. But sure. um, you can just sort of get an idea just by looking at it that it's to automate the SQL injection. I think of it like a web-based SQL map almost. Um, it has the power to enumerate and dump um, tables. Uh, it has, well, has the power to enumerate uh, columns, tables, as well as databases, and just pretty much just automate the entire SQL injection process. Uh, there's a bunch. This is just one of like the many modules that we that we have uh, uh, ready for this. Um, I can't talk about the other ones as we're trying to uh, reveal as little information as we can. As uh, we have uh, investors that are interested in uh, some of these things, so we don't want to make this information public and have someone else be this to it. But uh, nonetheless, around a month or so, it should be uh, both tools should be fully ready and they'll be made available to the public. That's sick, yeah, this looks like a really nice, like, polished uh, framework, kind of like, uh, like, an expose or some of the other kind of things you can, like, manage these things from, like, a really slick GUI. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, um, if you have any questions or anything regarding this or the other project we were working on, uh, feel free to lay them down, but if, uh, no one has it. If no one has any questions or anything, then I'll stop by uh, interrupting the chat. We can move on to the next speaker. Yeah, I mean, if we if we have any questions about this, I mean, definitely we can redirect them back into here. Um, so I know that if we have a confidential project, we probably don't want to like talk too much about it. Maybe and uh, you know say something you don't want to say. So yeah, that's what I mean. So I can I mean I can answer um, what I can and what I can't. Um, um, it just I, I, on my I, I, th I think maybe to, to, to throw something out there, dude, like um, maybe just like round it out a little bit more without actually um, getting to the nuts and bolts of what you're talking about. Because I think at a high level, you're not really going to be, um, uh, yeah, like giving away your secret sauce. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but this also isn't my project to disclose. It's MLT's project, so I don't want to. Oh, sort of, fair enough. I'm, I'm here under his authorization, so I kind of don't want to like just you know tell tell him I'm not going to do it and then go ahead and do it anyway, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that once I talk to MLT and tell him that okay, there's interest and people want to know what we're more about, I'm sure he would have no problem with it. It's just I can't make okay. that call. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. Yeah, dude, dude, the, the the only part of that I had a problem. 
the only part of that that I had a problem with was like you saying you're here under someone else's authorization. Like, like what the fuck does that? Bad. Well, I don't know. It's just just more or less means I'm just representing my company or MLT's company, Project and Security. He couldn't be here. And he no, I get, it, I get, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. He's your daddy. I understand. Uh sure. <laughs> All right, let's get off of this real quick. Hey, thank you very much for sharing, though. And if we do have any questions and stuff, like now people know about it, we'll keep it in the show notes, as I mentioned. And then if anybody has questions, they can direct them over to you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it was really nice speaking to all of you. Uh, sorry if I stuttered a lot and all that. Hey, don't worry about it. Hey, thanks for coming on. I was just kidding, man. I, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings, dude. I was, oh, I was dude, just, dude, dude, dude. Relax. I know. All right, sweet, sweet, dude. I've been, been around hard traffic. I just have a button <laughs> cock, so I'm really mean to people. He's trying to social engineer as much as you could. You can't blame him. Uh, he's just trying to assert his dominance, man. We're we're a small group. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So we're yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing that, uh, Mr. Elbows. You you want to talk yeah. a little bit about I guess what goes into like the actual fixing of stuff with games. Cause like, have you ever, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, the Manfred talk about MMO hacking that happened at DEF CON last year. It got pulled off of YouTube and it's on archive.org. But it's something we talked about before where there's a guy who's basically spent a long time just fucking with MMO and like doing some real wacky stuff and like actually just, you know, he released a bunch of like, uh, like proof of concepts and exploits for MMOs, and so when you see something like that, say as like a game uh, working for uh, a game company and being somebody who's you know triaging this kind of stuff, whether it be infrastructure attacks, whether it be like application attacks, um, how do you actually go about dealing with that as a as a company? Because it's, it's it's not just about a game anymore; it's about like an actual business model that you you know have brought up. Like we have something that has online connectivity and subscriptions and all that in-game money. You know, there's a lot at stake. And so I kind of was really hoping to ask you this question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that, that kind of reminds me of the, the story I was telling you earlier today. Um, when we, the, the, my current company, when we launched, uh, we, we had like a closed beta. And within hours, I mean, like it was less than half a day, this, uh, this dude from France had hacked our client code, hacked our server code, and set up a gray shard. And we're just letting everybody in. And so legal was like, well, guess we get to sue someone. And uh, the security was like, well, hold on, let's let's bring this guy in. And so uh, we basically had this dude on contract who was uh, shoring up our, uh, you know, any kind of like injections or or anything like that. And so basically the way we handle those testing is like, uh, we, it was up to him to just like hack the game. We just had we his, aside from writing protections against stuff, he would just sit on the live server and just hack the shit out of the game. And uh, luckily, he was like near prejudic uh, to uh, that he could stay ahead of these guys. And um, yeah, so it, in when when you get these things, you have to kind of come into you have to take into consideration. Like, you know, oh, here's, uh, I can't even think of what it is, hack engine or something. There's some, like, co- common, like, client hacking engine out there. 
And they're like, okay, well, people are going to try to give themselves extra money with this. People are going to try to give themselves extra alliance, you know, reputation or something like that, I don't know, whatever's in the game. And so you have to, uh, what our engineers end up doing is like, okay, well, when you have a server, like th these attacks are coming in from the client. And so the server is basically just like, there are some aspects that are like, I don't give a fuck what the client says. This is what it is. Um, uh, and even when you're like, you know, people will go and they'll start speed hacking, which like, you know, adding character speed of like 10 times or 20 times the speed so they can get across the map real fast. Um, yeah. The server will just be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, okay, the client says it's over there. But when you get so far away from where the client is and the server is, the server just says like, all right, well, clearly you're hacking. So they flag your account and then they put you at a load screen and then put you back where the server thinks you should be. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, it depends. Because, uh, you know, there's, uh, there are some situations where you can go that fast. And so uh, you use uh, message rate limiting uh, to help with that. So mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, uh, reasonably this person can only make so many purchases from a vendor at, at, at a time, right? And so like we set this threshold and if you start sending messages and pinging the server from the client higher than that threshold, we're like, well, clearly you're up to something. Like, like you're trying to, you're trying to bonus over on something. So uh, those are things that'll get you kicked out. They'll get you things. Uh, if you're a repeat offender, you'll get flagged for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, even today, I'm sure there's like, there's not perfect protections on our game, but we've got uh, a BI guys that just like monitor. So it's like, we've done as much as we can preemptively. And at this point, like once the game's out, once that, you know, once we're working on it, on, on other things, we just have people that are like reactionary, you know, gold yeah. farmers, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, so uh, Nuffy's just asked in chat if uh, this is a game that's been released. Uh, the game I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, our, our company has released the game, yeah. Um, okay, um, so I've got a question for you, man. Yeah. So you've been, you've been talking about like some high-level examples. Um, do you have any specific examples of stuff that, that actually did, um, did get past uh, the, the whatever internal team or whatever internal process you were using to actually... Um, mm -hmm identify vulnerabilities before you were pushing this code live? Like, I, I'd love to hear about some stuff that you saw where it was like, wow, that's really fucking interesting. If you did get uh, to see any of that. There, there, uh, there are like, the, usually the things that get by us are uh, duping issues uh, with, with inventory. And so like, um, some of the devs will think like, oh, this would be a cool thing to award players a little, you know, bag that you can put things in or something, right? And so uh, players were like, through some insane like timing complex of whatever, they would like add items to the bag and then sell it at the like immediate second that your character save would go off. Because the way that the, the client works is like certain things uh, kick off a character save, which is to make sure that like, you know, if you get disconnected, if you quit the game at any time, you know, it's just your, 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 your items and levels and all that shit stays, right? So you can, uh, if, you, if you, like, move 
to a different area, if you buy something, if you sell something, like these are events that would kick off character saves because something on your character is changing. But if you just idle and do nothing, there's a character save every like, I don't even know what the number is. Uh, you know, let's say like it's every minute or something, or the server just takes a snapshot of what your character is and saves it to the database. Um, so just to clarify, sorry, yeah. just to clarify, you're talking about race conditions between database rights, right? Basically, yeah. And so players would find out, you know, they would time out when the character save was happening, or they would, or they would do it in conjunction with something that would do a character save. And then next thing you know, you know, they've got you know, like millions of some item, and then they flood it into the uh, into the guild house and just like, great, like it, the whole the whole uh, it kind of just goes to shit for that one item or something. Um, so, so the second the second question I've got for you, man, is um, yeah. but for the examples where that was actually seen, um, what what it what it has? Do you know what the response has been for some of these people that are being caught? Like, do they end up in court? Do they go to jail? Do you hire them out? Are they banned? What what does that look like? Yeah, basically, it's uh, it it, it depends on the kind of um, like exploit that gets through. Sometimes, uh, there there have been exploits that are like genuine mistakes but if we look in the logs and we see that it's like oh you're intentionally doing this and you've done it so many times so many whatever um it can be any range of actions from like flagging the can uh, the account for like a warning uh where a gm or or they would get an email saying like stop it um and if there are repeat offenders that can go up to like the account being banned uh, like a permanent ban, and so if they want to keep playing the game, they'll have to buy a whole new SKU to create a new account to keep playing. Nice. That's really cool. Um, it's very, very similar to uh, some of the stuff I've experienced. I used to work in gaming for probably over a decade. It's a much smaller company than uh, what you're describing, 300 and under. And uh, yeah, similar stuff with the um, the duping. Uh, we we had one issue. And there was very little QA. There's almost no security review. It just goes out. And unless we see something that's right. impacting player counts or monetary gains, it's just going to exist. And oh. uh, players, players noticed that uh, we had like time dated um, farming effectively and you could queue it up. So, you know, you get five, four hour events, you queue them up and they'll slowly work through. But somebody noticed you queue them all up and then you cancel the the active item and all the rest would immediately slide through as complete so a bunch of players noticed that and sharing it with everybody they were doing it and eventually uh the company caught on and instead of actually fixing the core issue they simply rolled out a detection script that would roll back the game timer um every time this would happen and then we sent out a Oh, a forum noticed everybody saying this was egregious hacking on the player's part. We will not tolerate this. And then they were manually blocking people that they found to do this, even though it's actually a pretty relatively big game. Yeah, it's um, it we we have a lot of monitoring stuff, so we usually handle it uh, case by case. Um, if it's one of those things like item duping that goes on, usually we catch it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. We've got a pretty good live team that that keep an eye on that sort of stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it, the item duping is, is pretty buck wild. We, we don't see too many people like, actively trying to like 
inject messages into the client or anything like that anymore. Um, yep. Mostly because we, we check for it. So it's interesting. There's like, uh, so I, I wrote a lot of code for like Eve Online APIs, stuff like that. And um, a lot of the things, once you start getting past the base level API things, you realize that the, the company has restricted uh, certain APIs so that you can't, um, you know, pull out too much information. You can't automate the game. You still have to play it, right? But you can have APIs to help you uh, do math and shit like that. Um, but uh, like with the the Eve client being stackless Python, it was pretty interesting because they um, you could actually attach to the Python interpreter and just inject bytecode. Um, and then you know they went through a few series of um, you know, doing things like basic like XORs and stuff on on the bytecode before it went in and people figured that out and whatnot. But um, eventually most of that stuff just resulted in permabands. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you see a lot of that uh with with games, especially games that like like MMOs like Eve or even like World of Warcraft or something. Um where these games, you know, the devs are working, you know, three, four versions ahead of what's released. And so they've got all this data in the client, and so they have to obfuscate it so that you, because otherwise players will just like data mine and be like, oh, it looks like, you know, Kill Jaden makes a comeback and whatever. Um, and so they, they have to do all that. And at the same time, uh, with, with, in terms of like automating the game, uh, I think WoW uses Lua for their uh, UI. I could be wrong. But yeah, it's, like, a, it's a cut down Lua and XML combo. Right, so you so you can write these add-ons that you know are useful, you know, like heal bot, tank, whatever, and and all this other shit that helps the players. Um, but you have to be careful because if you use like I, I I'm almost positive WoW's uh, like all their UI is Lua, so like you have to allow the player to be like, okay, you can use Lua to add things on screen and do this and do that, but like don't let Lua, like, you know, award items or something, or or open up this whatever. It's because uh, yeah, but they also have otherwise it'll it'll start like opening up everything, and players are just like, oh, I'll just hack in and get well, here. They actually like did a lot of stuff with the lure interpreter in WoW where they removed things like file system operations. So they right. did a lot of stuff to try and prevent that. But um, I remember in vanilla. There was a, a simple plugin that all it did was allow you to change your Winamp, fucking whatever was playing in Winamp, right? And that happened to use uh, a memory technique where you'd change a, a value in Lua, another program would attach and watch it, and then straight away that's against the EULA. Like, you can't change your fucking yeah. what you're listening to because of this, like, minor technique. Like, that's pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you end up having to be pretty careful allow your user to modify... Um, because it's, it's, it, I think WoW has a good response to that where like some of the biggest add-ons that are popular, they end up just adding to the game. Uh, and I mean, like you look at vanilla WoW, there's basically nothing, but if you look at it now, there's, there's group finders, there's quest finder or whatever, quest, it basically points where to go for your quests. Um, there's all these like, you know, gear score, all these really popular add-ons and, uh, it's almost like. You know, while I was like, you know what, you know, you, you can build an add-on if you want, you know, that's totally fine. But how about you just use the base World of Warcraft UI that has all this stuff? Almost almost like a like a like a better than free 
model of just like, well, we'll just, we'll just make the client more accessible to what you clearly want so that you don't hack the shit out of our client <laughs> to make it whatever you want. Oh yeah. Cool. Hey. So, uh, all right. You, sorry. You. Oh yeah. We're going to both do the same thing. So yeah. Um, because we were, I realized we were kind of running out of time a little bit. We had a couple more people that still wanted to go share some projects. Um, so, uh, Bon and Redacted, do you guys want to talk a little bit about what you guys were doing if you're still around? Hear me? Hey, yeah. All right. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Let me go ping him. He's, um, I think he stepped away from it. Okay. He's on. So, um, we were asked to talk about our Dragon Lady badge, um, which okay. is something we've been working on since Christmas. And um, it was uh, basically, um, I, I really wanted to come up with um, some way to, I'm into wearables, um, not wearables like the Fitbits and crap like that, but um, using uh, tech to like enhance our ability to sense and communicate with the environment mm -hmm. and in particular with people. Um, but also just also pick up on all kinds of other information. Um, so uh, I bumped into Christmas. Um, somebody had uh, had tweeted a pic of a beam. I don't know if you guys have seen a beam. Um, I think there's another uh, competitor product. But basically it's this uh, really sexy, um, high-def uh, a smartwatch round display that they mounted as a button and then they utterly and completely failed past that point. Um, it's uh, really difficult for the users to modify everything's getting passed up and back down to cloud server. It's like fully social media gunked up. Um, everything's involved around like uh, whatever you post is um, uh, you want to share it instead of like, well, I don't really want to share everything that I'm making for my beam. I want to use my beam to communicate with other people. And then it's also associated with charities and all this other crap. So anyways, but I really, really love this display and it really, really fired up uh, my imagination. And so um, I got one and got, um, uh, redacted into um, interested enough to take it apart a couple of times and hence we now have the dragon lady so um, I don't know if folks have seen the dragon lady on my Twitter feed but it's a pretty um, badass uh, board it's uh, four layers with um, and the reason why I got pinged tonight is because we have a 216 pin ball grid array which is um, scary as shit and we're uh, doing all the surface mounting at home, and this is going to be our DEF CON Indie 26 batch. Yeah, this was when I when Dakota shared this to me, and uh, looking at the penny, I was just like, wow. Can you do this by hand? Um, so I'm going to pass to my husband to redact it, and yes, we do it by hand. We've got stencils and the solder paste, and was scary as shit because nothing was sticking in the reflow oven because of all the gold on the badge we didn't figure that out until late sunday night so the rest of the like the discussion of, you guys should i'm redacted take over <laughs> he's, Hello? 
He's muted. Yeah. Uh, Hold on one second. Um, I'll, uh, oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So this is our third third conference badge. We did uh, two last year. One for B sides, SF, and then uh, one for uh, DefCon. Um, and that's really the uh, that I did one for a makers group that we we lead. And uh, so those are the only boards I've done. And so when she wanted me to take on this display. I started looking for ways to drive that. The, uh, it's uh, MIPI DSI interface, the connector. And um, I started looking for processors so I could do it. It ended up with the STM32F. And then there's a couple of models there. Uh, but when I had, by the time I got done putting all the interfaces in that I wanted for SD cards and USB and stuff, I drove me to the, <laughs> to the high-end ball grid chip um, package. And uh, I really struggled trying to figure out other ways to do this with, uh, you know, with leads. Um, uh, this is what I ended up with. Uh, wow. So it's a good bit over my head. <laughs> uh, and, but we've built all of our badges before. We did 200 for 217 or something for the SF. We did a lot fewer for DEF CON last year, but um, we're trying to get up to 100 this year of this. All handle assembled in our, in our house, in our backyard. Using uh, the Chinese, you know, home uh, reflow ovens. Mm -hmm. that, that's pretty intense. Yeah, this is like the stuff that we like get scared of when we're like, oh shit, we have like something to do with PGA, and like we want to like either like swap a chip out or redesign some board or do something, and we're just like, nope. <laughs> well, the PGA, it because the pins in this particular one are um, you know 0.8 millimeters apart. It's mm -hmm. actually not as touchy. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Um, I'm sorry, looking in the uh, voiceless voice. Uh, it's not as touchy in terms of positioning as some of the other chips. Even the, uh, the processor we had last year on our Tiki badge was 0.4 um, millimeters between it. it. It just had, you know, it was a QFN package, which is just as the, the, the leads around the edge. But mm -hmm. the position on that was touchy as hell. This, yeah. this isn't so bad. And uh, so I've done one. I've, I've soldered up one, positioned it all on the weekend. Uh, and it seemed to snap right into place. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just setting up to test it now. I got the scope out and all. Uh, so I'm not sure if, my, if what I see when I'm just eyeballing it is, is correct. But it looks like it went on fine. So the, neighbors called, the neighbors called the fire department because they mm -hmm. thought somebody was burning trash. <laughs> when you're actually doing this, when you're reflowing and trying to position the chip, um, what's the sort of uh, thresholds you're looking at before the chip gets, like before you're going to damage the trip, the chip with the heat? Is there like, is it, is it like a really low melting point solder or? Well, um, yeah, I'm using leaded solder. Uh, so 225 is what we set the peak at on the uh, profile. Um, I mean, it, it melts, it turns fluid at uh, 183, but you want to you want to get it up there for for a little bit. Um, it's it's a standard waveform on the reflow oven I have. And what's the sort of temperatures you're looking at before you're damaging components? Well, yeah, it depends on you got to read the data sheets on each of the components, right? So, but most most of the you know most of the chips and parts these days can go uh, leadless. Uh, are unleaded, <laughs> uh, which are typically, you have to hit about 
260, 265, something like that. See? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a, a fair bit of room to, to move in there. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, but, but I selected all my parts for unleaded, which is this kind of gets to the story Bonnie was trying to mention, uh, Vaughn. Um, and that, you know, this is the fourth board I've done. I popped these guys in the oven after the first couple I built. And um, I pull them out, and the paste is still, I mean, it looks like sandstone. All of the little balls in the solder paste are still visible. They've fused together into a lump, but it's, it's obviously not never flowed. And I spent the rest of Saturday and a chunk of Sunday trying to figure out what it was. Finally, it occurred to me, I was, I was trying to figure out the, if something's wrong with the oven. I put in two boards, our old batch from last year at DEF CON, and this, you know, I put new paste on both of them. And the DEF CON, the last year's badge worked fine. It, all the solder flowed fine. <laughs> I'm just scratching my head. I go on the Badge Life Slack channel, and I'm, I'm just looking for anybody who can help, help me sort this out. Finally, it occurs to me, I don't have a solder mask on this, or essentially very little solder mask. It's all the Inig gold um, surface. Uh -huh. And it's <laughs> the oven is an IR oven. So the metal works really well, just as well as an IR as it does in light, for reflecting that temp the, the thermals off of the badge. It wasn't heating up the PCB. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Physics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting, man. <laughs> sure makes you feel stupid quick, doesn't it? I, th I thought you were going to say the the amount of metal you put on was acting as a heat sink and drying the you know the yeah. heat away, but no, you the IR was the issue. The man, that's that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's craziness. Now people have been asking in every channel that we posted anything about this, including Twitch in here. People are asking where do you, where can you get some of these badges that you have made? Yep. Uh, for our badge, it's follow yeah. follow Bond. She'll be, she'll be announcing where she's going to be during DefCon, or and. Uh, we'll oh my be, God! Uh, I just laughed guys. so hard. I was, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. So, um, so I'm trying to work all that out, and our bomb is insane on this. Um, so the bomb is uh, hovering around 125, and that doesn't include the prototyping, and of course, Ooh. none of the design or anything like that. So. With with a huge amount of guilt, um, I have bad. I, I really have big maker guilt over this. I'm. They're going to be going for two hundred because it's just um, they're they're expensive, and they're really high end. They'll be numbered um, and um, kind of special in terms of um, how to buy them. I. Uh, I'm kind of, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Last year I was like doing the drug dealer thing in the hallways. And <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> you hear that, that's a, all right. <laughs> that's a story we'll have to come back to in a second, but give me the cash, you know. And, right, and like right. I'm I'm texting, you know, texting redacted going, okay, I, I need for you to come here because there's like, you know, 1500 bucks in my bag. And you know, it, it gets a little, a little weird feeling, a little scary. So I haven't quite figured out if I'm going to do like an eBay thing or set up like a private um, Apple Pay square thing or something like that. Yeah, um, it'd be also cool to maybe, uh, even like for Thug Crowd or any of the other shows that are interested uh, to have them to give away as prizes. 
Like, that would be um, awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. Get, get a definitely uh, wants view for that. That's um, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, one of the things that I do want to do is um, you know, I'll be donating one to B sides. I'll be um, they don't know it yet. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely we definitely will uh, we'll keep you guys in mind. And, oh, yeah, and then and then we also have like kind of a tiered thing. So um, so I know the boards are just in, at least to me, I think the boards are really pretty. They're even prettier like when you see them in your hand as opposed to like just the picture. So um, we'll definitely make um, make extra boards. I, I'm into bare boards. I don't know about anybody else. If anybody wants a bare board, we'll definitely make those available. Those will be low cost. And then our plan is to make more of these, but with like a lower end display, um, a little bit less um, balls out crazy uh, for after DEF CON that folks can get. And um, shit, there was something I was thinking about when I was talking about the lower end and now it slipped my mind. So I'm really sorry. But it's not- Your other badges, the dragon badges body? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm also. I've got a like a Blade Runner series that I'm working on that will be um, just real simple blinkies, but they're not blinkies. They'll look like real neon, and that's. Um, so that'll be like the white dragon noodle bars, and then I'm also doing like. Um, so just because I. Just because I don't care about whether or not people get offended about tits. I'm doing a series <laughs> of the naked women too. Oh no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, you should talk to Mike. You guys are gonna get on real well. <laughs> yeah, you and Mike. His sexy biker satellite uh, antenna that he made. <laughs> I think it's really cool to hear that. Yeah. It sounds like there's a cross section. There's gonna be something available for everybody. There's not this high dollar amount that's a barrier to entry for everybody. There's there's gonna be something that everybody can kind of. That's that's what we're trying. Really, I, I'm trying really, really hard to do that because I, awesome. I really, I, I so much. Um, thank you. <laughs> it's really awesome that people like the stuff we make. It's such an incredible feel good, and I really want for. And I really love it when people get inspired. Like you know, they hold one of our badges and go, "Wow, I want to make a badge." And it's just. It's really neat, and I'm always trying to encourage people because I think it's a really good way. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be have. Um, it's going to be loaded up with MicroPython. That was it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. So yeah, very nice. So yeah. it's a true hacker badge, and um, we'll have um, some pretty cool little gifts on there, and you can load it up with your own. It's got a USB connector, so it's a very available. Um, uh, tool hopefully not just something that's pretty so and we're definitely trying to make as much available for as many people as we can so that um at a lower end so that they can share so awesome that's awesome thank you very much for telling us about this, this is a really just we saw it like literally like a, an hour before the stream we were just like we have to get them on like <laughs> it's not it's not finished yet i can't wait to see it lit up yeah it's gonna be awesome me too. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank All right, you yeah, so much. Morb, um, are you, did you get to go and, and share anything? Are you there? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. 
No, Morbin has a lot of cool things. Uh, <laughs> hoping we can um, talk about them real quick before uh, we go. It's getting late now. There he is. What's up, Morb? I saw you light up. Hello? Uh, that's not Morb. Morb, are you there? Are you Morb with us? What? Well, uh, if we have any audio issues or anything, we can also go and do the... Sunday stream as well, if anybody here. That's the other thing, too, is that we have our Sunday stream. If um, people here didn't get to come and actually check this out or you want to see it not in failure mode, <laughs> uh, we do have Sunday at 6 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we'll be doing, a, I guess, our, our Sunday stream about this. It's a little bit more casual, if you can believe that anything will be more casual than this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By whatever do you mean? Um, but yeah, so we'll be here, and if anybody does have any other projects to share, or if they think of something, or come up with a project in the meantime, you're obviously more than welcome to come on. Um, just join our Discord and get you in. Um, yeah, I think with our next week's topic, I think we've already got our topic picked for next oh, week. Oh yeah, actually, we have we have uh, our shows lined up for the next couple of uh, weeks here. Um, so yeah, the first, uh, yeah, next week's going to be, we're talking to the founder of uh, Technic.io. Uh, courtesy of Nux, with um, basically talking about how to, you know, deal with just a lot of people uploading stuff to your website. Because um, he does like pastes and he does like other uh, like images and other things, and runs a pretty well service. Git. So like running all those kind of services, uh, supporting or not supporting anymore. I don't know, uh, like Tor and stuff like that, and the, the legal issues that come with it. Um, all that kind of going to be interesting to hear about. The week after that, July 10th, we're going to have, uh, I believe, um, Casey Ellis from Book Crowd to us about uh, bug bounties and all that. Yay. Uh, and then I'm really excited also for the week after that, July 17th, we're going to have uh, Mainframe D767, uh, uh, aka Soldier of Fortran, from um, Twitter uh, to talk about mainframe hacking. Because this dude gives like talks and does training and consulting on like actually hacking the Gibson. So. Be but yeah, um, so more, but I don't know if I can hear you. He said he tried. We can get you back on um, next week or this weekend if you're available. And definitely, I think that doing a show and tell thing was cool. Um, and if people did like that, uh, tell us on Twitter or at Thug Crowd. Give us a follow. And uh, we'll be back. Cool. Yeah, so we'll see you guys then. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. We still live, or we're about to be off. One second. Hello. Goodbye. Is everyone leaving now, or what? No, this is when the real talk starts. Yeah, we're leaving for a little bit. What's everyone being up to? What's fucking new?